Hey, this is Dale Fakuda. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my very good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Dale Fukuda. Dale Fukuda has been a business owner and entrepreneur for well over 50 years. You heard it, five decades. He's currently been running his existing business for the past 10 years as a LifeWave distributor. He operates his business out of his home in Paris, California. He also is an avid participant and member of the Asian Business Association, which is an inland empire. He's a certified trainer of neurolinguistics programming and timeline therapy. Anne has three sons, two daughters, two grandsons, and five granddaughters. Dale loves to travel and is a huge foodie. Anybody who knows Dale knows he loves his wine and a really good food. He would love to travel the rivers of France, Germany, and Italy, shopping at wineries along the way for food pairing. He believes that a better a person is balanced in the mind, body, and spirit, the more value that person has to help touch each person in a positive way. Dale has decades of experience to share with you. I've had the privilege of knowing Dale for well over 15 years, and he's a wealth of information, a personal friend, and has experienced an immense amount of ups and downs in his journey of entrepreneurism. I'm really excited to get into today's episode. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or maybe you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. All right, let's do this. Dale, thank you so much for coming to the show. Well, thank you, Stacey. It's an absolute pleasure. Anytime we can hang out together, I'm all in. (laughs) You and me both. I was so excited when I heard that you could be available for this. I know you have a really busy schedule today. You've got a lot of meetings going on. So I want to jump right down into this. I want to take our listeners through your journey of entrepreneurism. 
because like we said in your introduction, you've been in business, working on businesses for well over 50 years, right? And you're still going strong. So how did it all start for you? What did you start doing your first venture as an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, I guess it goes back as far as uh, to earn money back as, as a kid in Los Angeles, I had a paper route. Mm -hmm. I had not only one, I had two paper routes. So I was able to save money from that so that uh, by the time I got to be close to 16, I had saved enough to buy my first car. I didn't even have a license to drive yet. But I got my first car. My my father, this is uh, back some time ago. Uh, he found this little old lady from Pasadena. It was uh, it was a 1954 Ford. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked my way through high school in a grocery store. And at age 16, I knew I didn't want to keep working for someone. I would have to do it. But at some point, I wanted to own my own business. They had no idea what it was yet but it had to be a legal business because the people that live across from me that drove their Cadillacs, I don't think their businesses were quite legal. So <laughs> okay. they want to go that route. So mm -hmm. it had to be something. And I didn't know then how important it was to help other people. It's just something that sat. Yeah. So um, worked through high school and college. I guess my mindset at college because I had it so easy in high school, it mm -hmm. was a breeze. College, it took some effort and I didn't make the switch. So within two years, I got on scholastic probation from Cal State LA because they figured out me spending time uh, playing hearts at Penny a Point was not gonna give me a good grade. So right. uh, I uh, went to, uh, I went backwards to junior college and learned a lot of valuable lessons then. Uh, I, that time I was working in a photo lab, learned a lot. It was back in the days we're processing film. Today we're all digital, but I was processing film. I learned skills in color photography and making prints. Mm -hmm. We had a special unique that advertisers used to get certain kind of prints. So I learned all the skills to do that. At one point they decided I should be a representative for the photo lab to go visit the ad agencies. Oh, wow. And I had a lot of things I could help them with, and it would make all of our lot, uh, jobs easier mm -hmm. if I could have some tools to work with and some ideas. So if, for me, I didn't know it was sales. Right. I, I mean, I didn't even want to be a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I grew up with a... Uh, Dagwood Bumstead, uh, Death of a Salesman. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to, someone slamming a foot in my door or selling fuller brushes. So sales was not a thing in my head. It was, so uh, as, as I advanced forward, I got to meet these people that were starting a business. Back in those days, we had what was called color separations. I don't think the audience today even knows what it is. No, and I don't think they want to know. <laughs> yeah. You know, related printing business. Yeah. One guy uh, was the the brain, the accounting guy. The other mm -hmm. guy was the technician. And they wanted me to go out and sell. Again, I couldn't put sales on my card, so I'm VP of 
marketing, whatever we came up with. Right. And I was able to, I didn't know then what I was doing, but something I've learned since, and it's been a tremendous learning and help from you, Stacy, on the things I learned. Uh, it's all about having rapport. Mm -hmm. um, I opened up accounts. One of my biggest accounts was Capital Records. Nice. Back in those days, we had Buffums. Mm -hmm. uh, it was um, yeah, it's Macy's today, but uh, oh, number stores. Uh, gosh, I can name names of businesses that are no longer around today. Yeah. And so you worked on really, on really big level sales and high level negotiation with large companies. That is correct. Yeah. And so, that, yeah. So someone who never wanted to be in sales, who continued to end up in sales, um, other than rapport, what do you think made it so easy for you to achieve the level of success that you did? I think it's the ability to listen and speak from the heart because okay. I would find out what they wanted to solve and come up with ways to solve it. It was not always about price. I was not always the cheapest because, you know, I, I even knew then price is uh, a cost. Yeah. Yeah. Price is only an issue in the absence of value. In yeah. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, you never considered yourself a salesperson. And as a matter of fact, you avoided sales. How did you allow yourself to even step in and make that phone, that, that phone call, that first call? How did, you, how did you get through the itty bitty shitty committee deploying in your head and getting in the way? Um, after one of the itty bitty shitty committee meetings, I defined, I said, you know, if I could define sales differently, then it wouldn't be offensive. So I now consider sales nothing but a recommendation of a belief level. Whatever mm -hmm. the product or service is, if you really believe that's the answer, all it is is conversation and recommendation of that belief level as a solution. Their mm -hmm. choice, if they choose it or not. Nice. So then after the printing industry, uh, then where did you roll into? Oh, <laughs> after the, okay, so I did own a business. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the largest printing company in Orange County. We brought it up to $8 million printing business. Nice. You know, we all have lessons that we should learn in life. And if we don't learn it, then it comes back and we have to learn it. At some point, we should learn it. Yeah. So that first 18 years of marriage, the lessons I didn't learn in California, a divorce after that long, the 50-50 split is the husband gets all the debts and the wife gets all the benefits. So there goes the Maserati, the, the Porsche, the custom-made van, the custom-made house on, in Orange Park Acres, all went away. And I got to start over. Mm -hmm. During that process, I had to sell the business. So I went to work for other companies, mm -hmm. uh, companies, then I got into large format printing. And it was all still related in the printing industry. Then uh, my second 18 years, of course, Stacy, you know the uh, that ex-wife, and I don't know why it went 18 years, uh, <laughs> other than the daughter's just absolutely incredible and fabulous. Mm -hmm. But I still had to learn something because with that, 
uh, divorce ended, I started over again. Then uh, I was actively involved in uh, Asian Business Associates. Mm -hmm. and, uh, put on a Saturday event. It was a health and wellness. We had speakers speaking about wealth and about health, different solutions for health and so forth. And we offered uh, tables or booths for vendors. And there was a table. So I had, okay, so I'm single, had nothing, believe me, nothing to do. There was this cute girl at this table. And a big old banner says, stop the pain. Mm. Ironically, because I believe there's no accidents for anything, there's always a purpose. I developed tennis elbow and I had not played tennis in over 50 years at that time. Wow. 40, but it was so painful to pick up a pitcher of water, I would need two hands to hold it. Oh, wow. So I went to the table to understand, you know, what do these vendors do and so forth. And um, she said, well, are you in any pain? I said, yeah, I'm tennis elbow. Uh, she said, level pain, zonal pain, tennis excruciating. Us macho men, we can handle pain. So I'm not going to admit it's 10. Oh, it must be a seven-ish, something like that. And she's explaining me the technology of these little stickers and asked my permission to stick one on my elbow. The whole process took about, I would say, a minute by the time she explained it, stuck a brown patch on my elbow, a white patch, and she used scotch tape just to take these on, to hold it on my skin. And I'm doing this. My arms flailing all over. And she said, chill out, old man. We don't want you to hurt yourself. <laughs> don't know what the root cause is. And I mm -hmm. said, but where did your pain go? I said, it was seven-ish. If I still had a number, it might be a one-ish, but it's just gone. Mm -hmm. and that whole process, uh, less than a minute. So wow. that got my attention. She explained a number of the patches. I got quite interested. At that time, I qualified for uh, Social Security. I decided I was going to take that um, while it's still around because I don't know how long what's going to happen. Right. At that time, I was also doing in-home wine tastings. Now, figure this, a shy, introverted person who didn't like sales, didn't want to be in front of people. My job function was going into people's home and doing wine presentations. Yeah, yeah. I had to adjust something because I would get standing ovations, no tip, no one bought a case of wine. And I got paid commission based on cases of wine. So... I'll skip fast forward and have to learn some lessons on how to make a presentation that would close into signing here. How many would you like? In case yeah. yeah, I forget. I, I, I actually forgot you used to sell wine. I remember that now. Remember? Yeah, it's a while ago. And it was, yeah. So that was, uh, uh, I asked Mitzi, this is after I was using patches for maybe three months or so. That I really liked this, what it was doing to me. Mm -hmm. Overall body, how I was feeling, the strength I had, the energy, the deep sleep, all the plus things. My body was functioning as well as it was as when I was a baby. It hadn't functioned that well during my college days, drinking days, and so yep. And I, I said to her, 
you mentioned something about an income stream. Can I make enough money to earn, to pay for my own patches? Mm -hmm. And she said, you can, you choose, here's what you do. So off we went and I made that, I made the transition, no more wine. You know, when I'm doing wine tasting, we have eight sample bottles of, of wine, mm -hmm. this carrier and carrying 40 pounds up flights of stairs got to be kind of old. Yeah. But uh, my business now is a little, I can carry it in one hand, it's like a man bag. Yeah, so let, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. So you've started over, built yeah. success, lost it, divorce, started over, built success. Divorce, lost it, started over, started building success, went to a wellness expo, and that's where you met your pain solution on top of a girlfriend, which is now your wife, which is now also the opportunity that you've built a successful business from, correct? Yeah. So the starting over process, you know, the, the making money, losing money, making money, losing money, creating success, losing success, creating success, losing success. All of that is a pattern. All of that is a strategy, right? When did you realize and step back and say, I've got to stop the insanity. It makes no sense to create it, to only lose it. What was that defining moment for you? don't remember if it was NLP one or NLP two. It was a long journey and it was a purpose that we became part of each other's life. Mm -hmm. And I've learned through that training was, yeah, it took me a few years to get there, but when I got it, it's holy cats. This is a, I can control and, and write a new strategy, make it towards success. Yeah, I'll have a few bumps in the road, but I can overcome and keep going. So. so so your transition, your defining moment happened while you were studying neurolinguistics programming and, and avidly working on yourself. You know, you and I share a belief that we have to do the inner work in order for the outer to work. And I have watched you evolve over the past decade plus, and you just keep flourishing and flourishing and growing and growing. And it just absolutely fascinates me how with your age, you are still thriving. You are still going full blast, pursuing success, not because you have to, because you want to and you get to. And those are very, very different energetic pushes. So may I ask your age, Dale? Absolutely, go ahead and ask. <laughs> uh, I am currently 75 years old. 75 years old. And you know, Dale, Dale could have retired 10 years ago and kind of did semi-retire with the wine business you know he just got to travel around town and share wine with friends and and have like little mini parties wine tasting parties and then when he met his partner in crime his his life partner uh they have built this thriving business and he gets to share and help people and 
just be the, the man and the person he is on a daily basis and still living his freedom. So starting over, you know, there are a lot of people out there that, that experience these patterns, that, that experience the strategies of making money, losing money, making money, losing money, or building success, losing success. What, what advice can you give them to get through it and get to the other side of it? Wow, what a great question. I would say no pity parties, first of all. Mm. And don't linger in why me in the effect of it this happened or that happened. Take a breath and get excited about something. What excites me? What can I do that I can share and will create an income stream? And a lot of people have hidden talents. They just don't take time to say, what is it within me that I can bring forward that helps someone mm -hmm. and my income stream? You know, if you guys haven't heard Stacy's story, she's a, a prime example of that. She's got had a lot of stuff inside. She's had a lot of obstacles to overcome. Uh, and it's a wild ass guess, Stacy, but at some point you said you, you didn't dwell on it. We all have our moments of dwelling and pity party. Yeah. But you decided I'm moving forward because this is my talent. This is what I can share with people that helps people. And by the way, in return, the more you do that, isn't that funny how the money comes back some way? Some yeah. 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 So, you know, the, the more we show up for the right reasons, the more the right things show up. The more we show up for the wrong reasons, the more the wrong things show up. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. So this this back and forth, you know, the hardest thing, in my opinion, the hardest thing is to to get back up on your feet and start over, you know, because when you really experience success and, and, and let's look at a lot of America right now, you know, or for that matter, a lot of the world. A lot of people did their due diligence. A lot of people paid their dues. A lot of people created an immense amount of momentum, success, whatever it is you want to call it. And then the pandemic happened, right? Are we on the other side of it? Time will tell, you know, with the Delta strain and everything, who knows what's going to happen. And reality is all we can do is say, I control my outcome. I write my story. And reality is whatever happens, I will react or respond. If you react, it'll be emotional. And there's probably going to be some spinning. If you respond, this will allow you to step back, methodically look at things, strategically adapt, adjust and pivot and move forward, right? How did you tap in? What did you tap into to allow yourself to get back up, dig in and build again when you were at your retirement years? I guess that's the, uh, my spiritual belief. It's uh, going to sleep. It's amazing the unconscious mind that has conversations that people mm -hmm. prayers or different things. I've had conversations 
while I'm sleeping. When I woke up, I had a direction and a plan. So nice. I don't know how else to explain. But that's no, so that, that was a great explanation. That's exactly what happened to me. So why do you think, in your humble opinion, I mean, being in business for 50 years and having the ups and the downs and the trials and the tribulations and the obstacles, why do you think most business owners, most self-employed, most entrepreneurs, why do you think they fail? Ego. They're, they're in their own way. They think they already know everything. In my early stage of the, the business, I'm the only salesman, so I was doing a million dollars. But uh, I'm running around. I was called, I called myself a star salesman. It worked like this. I start off here. I would go into Hollywood. Then I would come down to Orange County. And by the time I got done, I saw four people and made a big star route. <laughs> and I decided that's not what I doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So I started rather than becoming the gopher just because this printing company called or because uh, uh, Carnation wanted a meeting, I decided I'm important and I'm a value. And here's my schedule and here's the times I can meet you. So Capital Records, we had an agreement three times a week. And on that big old circle, the seventh floor, there's one room with I'm delivering proofs. The next room, all the new work, including the art director or artists sometimes. I got to meet some fun people. We would come and discuss what they wanted to accomplish. And then I'd go away and do that whole cycle. In that whole cycle would always be a lunch break. I guess that started my really foodieism because I got to have so many great lunches with fun people. Nice. Um, you mentioned ego. How does ego get in the way of a business owner, an entrepreneur, a self-employed person, a sales professional? Explain uh, that. They, they took enough classes. They think they know it all already. Uh, once that person thinks they know everything and they know it all, there's no more learnings. I learned way back then, no matter how many sales classes I took, self-improvements I went to, I went to this, we I, I fought going to this weekend thing where they tear you down and rebuild you, but it was one of the best things because that's when I understood what was holding me from the next growth is my own ego and I thought I knew enough. I had to learn how to teach other people to take my place. The more, the more, the greater the sales staff I could build, the less work I had to do. I no longer, and they, they learned from me, hey, you don't have to be a sales, a star salesman. And we mapped out a strategy and a plan and how to go after we targeted key accounts that we wanted. And that, that was out of that weekend when I just got torn down and rebuilt. I want to touch on something that you just said. I... I wholeheartedly believe you and I share this, this belief very strongly. You know, I sat in a seminar when it wasn't even sexy to go to seminars uh, in the mid nineties. And uh, I remember the, 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 the legend Jim Rohn saying, you have to invest 30% back into yourself every year. 
And um, depending on your income level depends on how creative you get to be. And one of the things that he did was he really said that you really have to have a personal and professional development strategy. And, and I have held very true to that. You know, I, I hire coaches, I read books, I listen to audibles, I buy home study courses, I attend live trainings, I attend virtual trainings. Uh, I have a coach for every area of life. You know, I, I invest over three, 300,000, 350,000 a year just in coaching. You know, I learned a long time ago that that the, the do-it-yourself development plan can only take you so far. You know, the reading of the books, the watching of the YouTubes, the listening to podcasts, the, the, the home study courses, reality is we will always be in our way. And it's our ego that convinces us not to. Because let's face it, the majority of the products, services, and solutions out there all have a DIY attached to them. There's pretty much anything and everything in life that you can do it yourself. Minus maybe brain surgery. However, there might be people out there that might want to try. All of that being said, if you're selling a product service and solution, do it yourself, right? If you're selling a product service and solution where your perspective clientele can sit back and go, eh, I'll just do it myself. I'll watch a video on YouTube and blah, 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 I'll do it myself, then how can you ever expect that prospective client to ever buy from you if that's your strategy? If you can't invest in you, how can you ever, ever expect a, pers a prospective client to invest in you? So you really want to make sure that your development is diversified because I can promise you, you will only take you as far as you can go, period. And I think it's ego to think otherwise. Now, look, please, please keep listening to the podcasts. Please, please keep watching the YouTube videos. These are filters. These are filters for you to find your people. These are filters for you to find the people that you resonate with. You know, these are available so that people can start Scooby snacking their next level of learning so that they can take themselves there. And if you don't step in and have faith in you, you can never expect someone else to have faith in you. And I think that's where ego and success meet at that crossroad. Absolutely agree. Yeah. So I know one of the strategies that you use to build business outside of, you know, your door knocking and your cold calling was networking. You became a very, very avid networker, both in the entrepreneurial community and the Asian business community. What has networking done for you, Dale? Help me get past my shyness and not wanting to speak to anyone. I guess I am still, in a sense, an introvert. Yeah. And, and uh, but it, at least over periods of time, it gave me confidence to say, "Hi, 
my name's Dale. What is it you do? You know, just to have conversation because mm -hmm. it's difficult in the past to say hi. I used to think if I went to a networking and there's a key word, networking, it does take work. You don't just go and show up. Yeah. I learned a lot along the way how to properly network, not net throw up, sales pitch or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And over the years, uh, I have to thank a couple people who believed in me before I believed in myself. They saw something in me besides a shy introverted guy that didn't want to talk. And they, they coached me along and just went with me, saw me at all kind of networking events. And a lot of it was teams and um, they would assign me tasks without me knowing I was assigned a task. Mm. I need a little bit late go take care of that group and make them comfortable until we can speak. Nice. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, that was the early stages of gaining some confidence and be able to uh, let my voice come out and start sharing. And, and I learned a lot of things. I have to thank uh, Kelly and, and Terry Lee Harrison from Team Referral Network. Um, I got volunteered to help uh, Terry Lee, who had 35 chapters, not all successful. Mm -hmm. I would become her ambassador to all the six failing ones that had four, five, or six members that were on the brink of, we're going to continue going the way we are, we're going to grow it, or we're just going to stop. Right. Um, I, I got a lot of, of ammunition and tools and experience being put into that where uh, you can't resurrect the dead, but I did <laughs> save some from dying too early. Uh, and, and it was a oh, it was a big, great feeling and growth to watch others grow as they learn in that process things that I learned how to do a one minute commercial, how to speak up. My first one minute commercial, I had this piece of paper I hid behind and I don't know if anybody saw me or heard me. <laughs> and now, you know, I am the good of the global business. I come to you from Paris, California, Paris, and just, it booms within. So the more experience and confidence, and I think all those one minute commercials, 10 minute talks, is start building confidence. I have something to say. So uh, moving forward in the networking, I eventually became a director and built 13 chapters. Um, about, it's almost two years now. I got my freedom day from uh, being a director because yep. the traveling I was doing for the LifeWave business, I uh, was doing international traveling. Uh, I was not in town, so to speak. Yeah in a row to try to build a chapter and, and yeah. that's not going to be benefit anyone so I resigned from that and um, I'm so glad we get to travel again I miss that yeah yeah I agree we just got back from a two-week business trip and it's it's great to be back on the road again and the lessons I learned from COVID is it's also great to allow myself to be grounded too mm. So I'm, I'm curious because you have experienced several pitfalls. 
what's how has failure been instrumental to your success journey lessons learned out of that failure there's always a lesson to learn mm -hmm. time it's interesting sometimes it's the same lesson because you didn't get enough of it the first time yeah <laughs> times it's a new lesson but in all cases if we don't take it failure, but as far as uh, failure, but as much more feedback on what mm -hmm. we can do mm -hmm. and implement for success. Every time there's failure, got some feedback, got some way to go. What's been your number one key to success in your opinion? Helping others succeed. The more you can help other people succeed in a mind body spirit balance whatever holes they have you fill in that hole to help them improve in that area mm -hmm. then they can also help others mm -hmm. people that can help others and pay it forward it's so exciting what the world will look like then agreed agreed so i know the 20 the 20 and 30 year old dale Success was what was defined by materialism right. and, and money. The 40 and 50 year old Dale, the success got defined by security, stability, and a little bit of the materialism. How does the Dale today define success? Health and family and love. If you're surrounded with people that are healthy, that love each other, support and help each other, everything is just exciting and good. There's never a bad day. There might be a hiccup something. Mm -hmm. Nothing out of that is another lesson that comes that makes it all good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, Dale, what do you wish you knew when you first started out? Hmm the importance of being transparent and helpful mm. back in those days fake it till you make it uh, the ibm training the suits and all these things on the surface said that made us successful but i look back now that that didn't mean anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and i look back what made me get capital records i became a value to help I look back and I can pick a number of things and it all boils down to the more helpful, more caring, everyone wins. Mm -hmm. What, there are a lot of life obstacles that can continually get in the way in our journey and our pursuit of success. You know, shift happens. Let's face it, kids are, Kids are home from school now. Well, wait, during COVID, kids were home for school. Uh, you know, it, the, the weather's nice. It's vacation time. Uh, when September comes, kids go back to school or may stay home to be schooled, depending on what happens with the Delta strain. How do people tap in find the motivation to keep pushing through the obstacles and and this is a two-part question how do people find that harmony 
that balance in order to work and still take care of their personal life? Yeah, those are tough ones. And I, I look back and there were often struggles. I, I want, uh, you know, parts. I couldn't make a decision because of this part wants this. And then, but yet I, I my family's important. I want to spend time with them. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, but, but I work, you know, 12 hours a day and, and stuff like that. Um, there are, I've learned since then, there's some great modalities available that we can tap in and learn from. Um, even without that, I would have to say, we have to, first of all, take a breath and believe in ourselves, what mm. we are, we can do. Yeah, great advice. Yeah, and, and, and when we do that, we can help see a picture clearer on whatever that solution could be. And nine times out of 10, I wanna say if that solution becomes helping someone else to gain something else, automatically the answers will come, whatever the vehicle is, whatever the uh, uh, homeschooling or not homeschooling, whatever the question is that's holding us back, mm -hmm. the answer will come. And, and that's where, um, when I go to bed, there's a lot of good stuff in my head. So when I go, and my nighttime uh, unconscious mind is coming up with the answers. So, you know, it goes back to that. Nice. Nice. I love that. Thank you. So, Dale, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is, what does selling without selling mean to you? How does a salesperson, how does a business owner, how does an entrepreneur sell without ever having to sell? I think uh, what helped me was I, I redefined what sales means. Mm. When I said it is nothing but a recommendation of a belief level, yep. if we're congruent and true about it, we're not selling. We're sharing a belief of something. Whatever product or service we have, we're the best at that product or service that helps others. So we're not selling it. And it gets inside of our head. I'm not selling. I'm recommending something. Consider this. I love that answer. So, Dale, welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues. So I like to ask specific questions to extract answers from our expert guests so that our listeners can go, you know what, I really like that and insert that into their life and start shifting and changing their life. So I have two questions for you. My first question is, how do you prefer to consume personal and professional development through books, through blogs, podcasts, videos, trainings, coaching, how and why? Uh, a smattering of all that, but I think the biggest thing for me is, um... I am able to go back as a coaching assistant through all the different NLP trainings from the, the beginning and the master ones and all the different levels. And each time I do that, it's a learn to teach model. Everything I've learned, I am now doing. And I, as coach, I am teaching. And all the different people that are in those classes bring something new for me to learn. Mm -hmm. So a constant, I'm always learning. Um, there has been times 
uh, I had another, I would have an aha moment and it kicked me up another growth. I go, oh yeah. I don't know how many times I've heard it. Yeah. So, so live trainings are your preferred delivery because that's where the engagement happens the most for you. Fair. Awesome. My, my second and last random round question for you, and it's one of my favorite to ask, is what is your favorite word and why? Oh, that's powerful. <laughs> that's an awesome question. Three of them bounce in my head, and here's the one that's coming out. Love. Ooh, why is love your favorite word? Love yourself, then you can love others. And the more you can touch people's life with giving love, the more they can touch giving love. Mm -hmm. Every word opposite of that yep. is not good. It goes in a bad way. But love brings everything in a good way. Yeah, it's got amazing energy and, vi and vibration levels attached to it. So Dale, it's been incredible talking with you today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know that you have an appointment, a meeting that you need to get out to. So really quick, what's the best way for our listeners to find you or get a hold of you if they want? Well, let's see. Email is my first name and my full name. So Dale at DaleFacuda.com. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Are you on social media anywhere? Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, if it wasn't for Mitzi, I would have no Facebook presence, but I do. Have <laughs> I'm investing more now in developing my LinkedIn. Uh, my profile's now improved over what it was. I have mm -hmm. a, uh, some coaching help on improving my LinkedIn. So over the next few months, the goal was I'm spending 15 minutes a day and that's changed. If I spend 15 minutes every two days, I'm really happy. <laughs> so Fantastic. But I'm Great. working on it. Yeah. LinkedIn. Great. So email or they can find you on LinkedIn and it's Dale Fakuda, right? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on today, Dale. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally 
have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.